You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M. And today, why don't we go ahead and get the consensus? What is the consensus? What could I be talking about consensus-wise? Well, if you look at every single basic media conglomerate right now, they have their top 25 rankings going into the start of the 2021 season. Where does Texas A&M fall consistently? And where do they look to be outmatched, outranked, outflanked, whatever you want to call it, against other SEC teams? If you love SEC talk like we do right here on Locked on Aggies, make sure you listen every single day to Locked on SEC with host Chris Gordy at Sports Talk 790. Gordy breaks down all 14 teams every single day, including college baseball, college basketball, and of course, the stuff that happens on the gridiron of college football. Subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. As always, for all of you watching on Tigna, make sure you're following me on social media. Name right down there below, at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to make this a more quality-sounding podcast on Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout-out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12-man related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, let's live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So I think what's really interesting this year more than ever is the status of Texas A&M going into the college football playoff scenario and in the SEC. Because a 9-1 season shows promise, shows potential, shows so much that you're right there. Like, here's the mountaintop. You're right there on the mountaintop. But you are going to have to replace some offensive linemen. You are going to have to replace a quarterback. You are going to have to find a number one receiver. You are going to have to make sure that defense is not losing pieces. You are going to have to make sure those pieces that were solidified last year as role players can define their roles now as full-time starters. There's a lot to go into this. So for Texas A&M, they may look like a 9-1 team and a team on the rise, top 10, 100% there. And sorry about that. Nine times out of 10, I would say that they are in that conversation. The problem is it's that 1%. And I've said this multiple times on the show. I've said this multiple times off air. I've said this to everybody I know. I believe there is one game. That decides Texas A&M season. Yeah, you wanted to beat LSU. Yeah, you wanted to beat Ole Miss. Yeah, you wanted to clobber Mississippi State. You wanted to take down, you know, uh, South Carolina. You want them to beat the living daylights out of Kent State and Colorado early in Arkansas in week four. You want that. You have to beat Alabama. It's that simple. If you don't beat Alabama, you're not going anywhere. And this is not just for Texas A&M. This is for any other team. LSU is looking to come back and bounce back fine. You have Auburn looking to be, you know, an up-and-comer under Brian Harson in their first year. You have Ole Miss looking to take that next step into the legitimate college football playoff, at least New Year's Six conversation. You have Georgia looking at it. You'll have Florida looking at it. If you don't beat Alabama, you don't do anything. And I know people get tired of hearing about it. And I know people get tired of hearing, but Alabama this, Alabama. Well, here's the reality of it. You play in the same division as Alabama. Alabama could lose one game, and it could be to Texas A&M. 
A&M could lose one game. They could beat LSU. LSU lose to Alabama, Texas A&M moves on. Alabama could lose to Texas A&M. A&M could lose to Auburn. Auburn lose to Alabama. Texas A&M moves on. You have to have the win over Alabama to get into that conversation. And I do believe that people think there's a legitimate shot. If the offensive line can be solidified, and this defense is going to be playing at the same level with guys who are multi-talented role players, Antonio Johnson, uh, you know, McKinley Jackson, Isaiah Rakes, DeMarvin Leal, uh, Michael Clemens. I'm even going to throw Aaron Hansford in the conversation because if you want to have a little bit more speed at the linebacker role, but you need somebody to be a blitzer, you can have him. Multi-talented defense players. You have all that happen with a new quarterback and a new OC and new lead running back and trying to replace the wide receiver production. I think it can be done. I think CBS is starting to kind of agree with that because of according to what it looks like right now, Texas A&M might be, it's not set in stone just yet, but it looks like CBS Sports is going to make that the primetime game in 2021. Why is that important? CBS gets one primetime game a year. They get one. A few years ago, it was Georgia versus Notre Dame. And people were rioting because it wasn't Alabama LSU. Alabama LSU is a tradition on Saturday night. It's Saturday night on CBS Sports. It's SEC Saturday night. And it's a game that I think everybody looks at and they go, I want to be there. I want to be in that stand. I want to see it. And here's the reality of it. You know, and I know people are tired of me saying about this. I'm an Alabama alum. I've been to that game. It's intense. But there's a reason why it's so intense. Because of everyone knew for a while in the SEC West. Alabama, LSU. Is it going to be Alabama? Is it going to be LSU? Who's moving on? Which is the team that's going to take that next step? Which is the team that's going to represent the division in Atlanta? Alabama, LSU. And every once in a while, you threw it in Auburn, but you knew it was Alabama, LSU. What CBS Sports is saying is, who's going to be? Texas A&M, Alabama. Are we going to say Roll Tide, Giga Maggies? Which team is going to be not just likely the division winner, but likely hoisting up the trophy in Atlanta and have a shot at the college ball playoff? Maybe the team of College Station or the team of Tuscaloosa. When you have that game, it shows you're there, in my opinion. Every single season, LSU, they underachieved. They never really got those big-time wins. They always had those struggles, and I get that. But LSU, every single game, came out to play Alabama. Maybe it was for a quarter. Maybe it was for a half. Maybe it was for, you know, against second teams, but they came out to play Alabama. And the reality... You got to have the same thing if you're Texas A&M. Because if you were Texas A&M and you get the night game, you get the first night game, not at Alabama LSU since uh, 2019, but it's only the second time in, uh, God, I want to say a decade. You get that game, you have a lot of respect towards your name now. You are no longer, oh, that team that joined the SEC from Texas. No, you are an SEC team. You are the Texas SEC team. Get that straight. There are two differences. You're not the team that joined the SEC from Texas. 
No, you're the SEC team now from Texas. They're including you in the conversation. You are now at the watering hole and you are now allowed to drink. More than that, you are at the prime watering hole where there's tigers and tigers and, you know, elephants and, uh, you know, rebels and, uh, you know, I'll throw, I'll throw in a mean pack of bulldogs fighting their way towards keeping all the other teams out. AM is at that watering hole right now. They want to be at that watering hole for long. Starts by beating Alabama. And with SCC, you know, on CBS, coming out and basically saying, there's a very good shot that the game this season is going to be in College Station. It says they believe in A&M. It really does. And it maybe doesn't say that they believe that A&M will win, but they at least believe A&M has a shot to win. Listen, here's the reality of it. You do not need to listen to me or what I say. You don't need to listen to what anyone else says. You don't need to listen to what anyone thinks. But if you want to make your bet right now on if Texas A&M will be the night game on CBS, you can. What do you do? You go to betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to place your sports bets in action. With baseball now in full swing, you can track all the action on betonline.ag. Get all the latest nudes, odds, and of course, info from sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NFL, NHL, UFC, and MMA action before first pitch or before you know puck drop in the and and the college. I mean the NHL playoffs before tip off. Make sure you head over to betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On to receive a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit betonline.ag your online sportsbooks experts locked on aggies presented by the locked on podcast network all right let's go ahead and break this down consensus is consensus and i don't think that there really is a big consensus with anything in life i think that everyone is going to be entitled to their opinion everyone is going to kind of lean a certain way everyone is going to have their thoughts of what they believe is the best and you just go from there that's my opinion that's my opinion on everything. But consensusly, kind of knowing where a team sits going into the year is important. Not because of, I think it's important for the fan base or I think it's important for AM. I think it's important to see where you start and where you can start climbing. Because if you're starting at like 24, you need a lot of things to happen in front of you while you're also winning to get into that top 10 conversation. If you're starting in the top 10, you're halfway there. The ultimate goal is to be number one. But if you have, you know, a couple other teams that are in your own division or teams in your own conference or teams that have rough schedules to begin the year to where they could be eliminated within week one or two, I mean, we're talking you could be climbing up that ladder in no time, be at that top level, and after that, never have to let it go. You start looking at why Alabama and Ohio State and Clemson and all of them are successful. It's not because of their successful every single season. It's because they were so successful this season before, they didn't have to do any climbing. They literally just had to be consensus. They had to be flatline, walk across, dot the I's, cross the T's, make a lot of plays that way. That's what you had to do. So let's just start breaking it down. For Texas A&M, they come in as the number seven team on i believe it's uh yeah 17 on the sporting news now again seven's not bad when you think about it seven you're placing an entire offensive line you're replacing an entire you know leadership in the backfield you're replacing you know your quarterback position you're replacing a lot of different talent seven's not terrible let's look at who's ahead of them though that's where the conversation starts notre dame content number six they're returning to the independent district so they are going to be able to pick and choose their games 
They're losing multiple players. I think the biggest one is the all-time winner in Ian Book offensively. If they can retool offensively with the loss of what they have in a book, what they have with the loss in a receiver, a couple names on defense, Jeremiah Wusu-Koromora. They have a top five superstar in Kyle Hamilton that's coming up as a safety, but I'm not sure if I can put them ahead of A&M right now. It just doesn't make sense. Number five is Georgia. I think everyone knows that I believe that right now Georgia is the team to beat because of one thing, the quarterback. And they mentioned that. Chase Daniels, the success that you saw with him on the field versus the success that you saw with him off the field. I understand it. I do wonder about that defense. You're replacing multiple players in the secondary. Uh, Eric Stokes, uh, Tyson Campbell, Richard LeCount. I mean, you're replacing a lot of names in that secondary. So when you think about it, you have to be playing super competitive football. And it starts on the hardest stage that you could probably ask for against number two. Yeah, number two, Clemson. I mean, we, we get we get the best game of the week in week one. Yes, best game easily of the week, week one, Clemson, Georgia. I mean, you're not going to get much better than that. That that honestly could really factor into some decisions. Number four is Oklahoma. Okay, they were the hottest team last year. There's no surprise about that. Spencer Rattler, I don't think that he's going to be a good quarterback in the NFL level. I think he can do fine in college. I think that, again, it's all based off of what you play. With Oklahoma, you start at number four. You basically had to beat Texas. You beat Texas. Guess what? You are probably going to be in that college football playoff conversation once again. Number three, Ohio State. This is going to be interesting because of I want to see who's going to win this deal between Kyle McCord, CJ Stroud, and Jack Miller at the quarterback position. And why is that interesting? Because of Quinn Ayers, the South Lake Carroll quarterback stays, how long until he takes over? This is the very first time that I am just like, okay, Ohio State, they are always, in my opinion, overranked even though they are very talented, even though they have been a very good team, but they're overranked. Three, if you really believe that Justin Fields was not the biggest X factor to your team last year, okay, there's a good spot. But I also have to let you realize right now that there are teams in the Big Ten that have gotten better and you will not be finishing at three as of right now. Number two, uh, you know, it's, again, it's Clemson. Everyone knows that. Uh, DJ Ugalalele uh, is a name to watch for because, of, again, he took over. He did a good job for when it was his time to replace Trevor Lawrence in that one game. And then you have to look at what they have defensively coming back. They have one of the best defenses coming back. They're a lot like Texas A&M. Number one is Alabama. I don't need to go into that. You win the national title, you get to be number one. Of those five teams, so re- really, yeah, of those five teams ahead of A&M, I think uh, Sporting News got four right they did not get any i mean they did not get notre dame right notre dame needs does not need to be there yeah i get what they did they want they went to the college football playoff yeah they won in the acc yeah they were consistently playing in the acc texas a&m recruited better than them texas a&m has a better defense than them they didn't lose any of the coaches which is a big deal where clark leah now left the sec i mean left for the sec so i look at all that i put that into consideration I got to go 100%. Texas A&M gets an advantage 100% over Notre Dame. And I would, I, you know, I think you can make a valid argument that Ohio State should be at number five, where Georgia comes in at number three, uh, Oklahoma comes in at number four. That's just me. For ESPN, Texas A&M, once again, comes in at number seven. Here was the outlook that was written by uh, Mark Schlereth. 
Like many college football contenders, Texas A&M is also searching for a new quarterback after Mond, a four-year starter at the program's helm and the all-time leading passer, departed. Sophomore Haynes King seemed to have the slight edge over redshirt sophomore Zach Calzada after the spring, but with competition figuring out into the stretch of postseason uh, preseason camp, both players looked solid in the spring game. King completed 16 of 31 passes for 211 yards with a touchdown and an interception. Calzada threw for 253 yards with one score, one pick off 19 of 40. The really pressing concern for the Aggies this offseason will be rebuilding the offensive line, which was one of their biggest strengths in 2020. Kenyon Green is the only returning member and is moving to left tackle. Tennessee transfer Jameer Johnson, the projected right tackle, won't join the team until this summer. With a new quarterback and a rebuilt offensive line, the Aggies figures rely heavily on Devon Achey and Isaiah Spiller and an improving defense in 2021. Now, I believe that seven again is not a bad spot. It doesn't mean that you're in a bad spot, but let's look at the teams that are ranked ahead of them. Once again, comes at no surprise, number five, number four, number three, number two, and number one are all the same, just in different order. Number five is Ohio State. Number four is Clemson. Number three is Georgia. Number two is Alabama, surprisingly. And number one is Oklahoma. Now, again, if anybody knows my rankings, I have very similar. I have Oklahoma number one. I have Alabama number two. I have Georgia number three. I have Clemson number four. And I have Ohio State number six, Texas A&M number five. That's my rankings. Why do I have it that way? Because Oklahoma doesn't have to play anybody. It's that simple. Oklahoma, you put them at one. If they drop a game, you drop them out of the conversation. This is the time for Oklahoma to step up. Of the five, of the six ahead of them, I missed, I missed one. And I missed it on purpose. It's Iowa State. Why is Iowa State in the top 10, I may ask you? Well, very similar to what AM has, they have a good run game with uh, Brees Hall coming back. Brees Hall was the FBS leader in rushing yards last year. And again, it's amazing when you think about it because of the last two times a Big 12 player has been that guy. But you get back Brees Hall, you get back the most influential person on that staff, which in my opinion is uh, Matt Campbell. He does not go to the NFL. He stays another year. Iowa State beat Oklahoma during the regular season. They were able to get to their first Big 12 championship. They won their first New Year's Six Bowl game. And they have one of the easier schedules going into next season. So, again, I think what we're trying to do is we're trying to be more inclusive in everyone and, and sit out here and go, okay, it doesn't always have to be the Alabamas of the world or the Clemson of the world or the Georgias of the world. Let's start including other teams like the Texas A&Ms and the Iowa States who are growing. I still believe A&M consensusly is better than Ohio State and Iowa State. But the big question to me will be, what will they do at quarterback? Quarterback's going to decide this because if, if right now going into, like, say the college football playoff, A&M was playing Iowa State, not knowing what the quarterback situation is, not knowing what the offensive line situation is, knowing that Charlie Kohler's coming back, knowing that Brees Hall's coming back, knowing that Brock Purdy's coming back, I could possibly see why people are leaning towards the Cyclones. I just have so much hope for the offensive line being retooled and so much hope for either King or Calzada to get the job done that I kind of let that slide. That's it for me. Do I have a problem with this ranking where AM and at number seven? No, I don't. Because of, again, if we're going just based off what we saw last year, there's more backing to Iowa State and the Cyclones being six than there is Notre Dame being six. This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar, where a candy bar meets a protein bar. There's nine new flavors, plus all the different variety flavors that come out every once in a while, but every single flavor is different. So whether you're in the mood for coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, or salt caramel, they have the treat for you. 
The bars are not only great tasting, but they're great for you. They're loaded with protein, high, uh, uh, high in uh, uh, fiber, uh, no sugar, no calories. I mean, there's something that you can't find on the shelves and they're soft and easy to chew. So they're great for anybody who's on the keto diet. I used to start my morning off every single day with a peanut butter brownie protein bar because it had 19 grams of protein, 170 calories, five grams of sugar, five grams of net carbs. There wasn't a product like this out on the shelves and it helped me lose up to nine pounds over the early months of 2021. Go visit BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 to save 50% off your next purchase. That promo code is LOCK15 at BuiltBar.com. Stop eating the salty sweets and enjoy a treat that will meet your needs. Built Bar from BuiltBar.com. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. In 25 minutes or less, I can get you caught up on everything you need to know about the college football realm. Uh, you know, uh, uh, what's going on in the NBA, what's going on in the NHL, what's going on in the MLB. How do I do so? Simple. I tell you to listen to Locked on Today. Peter Bukowski and the Locked on Today podcast crew break down everything going on in 25 minutes or less. So you basically get to listen to everything on a drive to work, walk your dog, going on the treadmill, whatever you want to do to start your day off right. Subscribe to Locked On Today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. All right, we got two more to break down. Athlon Sports, they were a little bit higher in Texas A&M. They had A&M at number six. Who do they have coming in at number seven? This is going to be interesting. Number seven for them was Iowa State. So we kind of have that consensus that it's going to be Iowa State in that top 10 category, right around the same spot as Texas A&M. But Texas A&M, they come in at six. Uh, according to what was said in Athlon Sports, we're gonna uh, we're actually going to try and get somebody on next week about him, that they love the backfield, and it'll be one of the most dynamic backfields in college football with Isaiah Spiller, Devon A-Chain, and of course, Anaya Smith, uh, toting the rock. You also have a favorable schedule where Fisher has time to prepare for games against Alabama, against Ole Miss, and against LSU in November. Top five, Georgia comes in at number five. Number four is Ohio State. Number three is Oklahoma. Number two is Clemson. And number one, no surprise, once again, is Alabama. So if we're looking at this, AM is just on the outside of the, of the SEC. You have your top two teams in the SEC. It's Georgia and it's Alabama. And I think that we can understand going into the year why it's Georgia and why it's Alabama. I have no problem with that. I understand why people are sitting here going, well, why can we have any difference? Well, the reason is, these are the top two teams. Alabama replenishes. They always have number one, number two, number three recruiting classes. They are having a ton of talent come back, even though they lost a ton of talent. There's a lot of hope for the guys to upgrade at certain positions. You also have, in my opinion, you know, another great recruiting class. You didn't lose the head coach. And then at Georgia, you have the one thing that you need, the quarterback. Quarterback set. Quarterback's not set Alabama. Quarterback's not set Texas A&M. Quarterback's not set at Florida. Quarterback's not set at all these other schools. But another thing that I've noticed in every single ranking, Texas A&M is higher than Florida. Now, Pro Football Focus, they came out with their rankings as well. Texas A&M comes in once again at number six. The Aggies lose four-star Kellen Mond, uh, a four-year starter in Kellen Mond at college football's most important position, but they still have Jimbo Fisher and a company in place to make another run as an elite team in the SEC. Despite having a better ELO rating than Florida, Texas A&M has a lower chance of winning the college football playoff or the SEC in large part due to playing in the West against Alabama, where Florida has an easier path in the East. Why do I say this? Because Florida comes in for the very first time at number seven. Florida is the number seven squad, and Iowa State is not even in the top 10. 
That is what's kind of crazy. Iowa State comes in, I believe, at number 18 or 19. No, they don't. They come in at number 21. All these other places believe that Iowa State's going to take that next bounding step along with Texas A&M, except for Pro Football Focus, which I find interesting because Pro Football Focus, even though you can argue that they go way too deep into analytics, they go way too deep into their conversation, they believe that their their stuff smells greater than anybody else's, they can be right a lot on the college football side. And not with who's going to do what, who's going to be great, but based off their reasoning. There's a lot of actual positive there. Number five, once again, no surprise in the top five. Oklahoma, though, comes in at number five. Georgia comes in at number four. Ohio State comes in at number three. Clemson, number two. uh, Alabama, number one. Every single website, five websites, number ones, like the the ones that everyone reads, Texas A&M is right outside the top ten. They're six or they're seven. So they're 6.5. Basically, consensusly, they're 6.5 going into next year. What will be interesting is that week six game against Alabama. It has to be now because, again, Alabama's number one. Alabama has to play Miami. They have to play Florida. They could lose one of those two games very early on in the season, and they're off the rails. All right? At that point, it's Georgia and A&M. Georgia has a very difficult schedule as well because if they have to play Florida at a neutral location and they have to play Clemson at a neutral location. So they're banking on fans being there. That is true stand up in my opinion, talent versus talent. I look at Oklahoma. If they drop a game to Iowa state, Iowa state moves up in the conversation. I look at Iowa state. If they lose a game into Texas, they're out of the conversation completely. And then you look at Clemson, you know, is Clemson going to be that team that consistently is going to still be in the conversation of the superstar talent? Maybe. But if Texas A&M can find their offensive line and find their QB, if Kellen was returning, or say three of the five offensive linemen were returning, you would have a consensus they were number six. Or you'd have a consensus they were number five. Now you have to hope that all these pieces come together because if they do, they might have the easiest path to get into that top five conversation, then to that top four conversation, then to that college football playoff conversation. That's going to do for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. Name right down there below. And also have a happy Memorial Day, but also a safe Memorial Day. Whatever you are doing, whether you go to the lake, whether you spend time around fireworks, whether you just stay at home and watch something on your couch. Thank you for listening to this podcast, but make sure you have a lovely and safe Memorial Day weekend. We'll be back on Monday to discuss all things Texas A&M and much more. See you then. This has been... Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.